0: Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiaga Prem Singh. Today is a very special day because we're doing this live on YouTube for the very first time. So, uh, thank you, everyone who's m- made some space in your day, even if it's a couple minutes or if you can stay for the whole thing. Thank you for being here and visiting our True Seekers Union page on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio and you haven't been there yet, uh, please go ahead and uh, check out youtube.com backslash Tiaga Prem Singh. It's a great time to be alive to uh, put out positive and uplifting content because you can most TVs now you can just uh, go to YouTube and you can watch me in your living room people have sent me videos and photos of them uh, doing the practices or listening in to the teachings in their living room or in their bedroom on the TV and, and I do that too with some of my favorite uh, YouTube personalities podcasts that kind of thing so super excited I've been meaning to do this for a while, and in the past I relied on somebody else to do all of my tech. two dear friends actually, and you know they have moved into other ventures. One of them is very successful on YouTube. If you haven't checked out Rich and Niche, uh, definitely recommend checking out our friend Rich's channel. There's a lot of great content on there when it comes to digital marketing. And then our other dear friend, Kelby, had twins, and so <laughs> he's kind of busy. Not to mention the pandemic, so we can't really uh, see each other. So just want to give a shout out to those two guys for all of their support. And then there's been me since March learning about uh, how to do this in an effective way and there's still I've still got a ways to go but as you can see I'm learning the lighting I'm learning the camera I'm learning the audio I'm doing my best to uh, deliver and share this content with you all and so I would just love it if you could uh, check it out check out the YouTube hit that subscribe button if you're watching now please subscribe to the work we do share it with your friends also i want to say a big shout out to our uh, sponsors of the show big shout out to seed apparel seed makes hemp that are really stylish, uh, great colors. Uh, they're environmentally responsible, socially responsible company. You could put the pants in the ground when you're done with them and they would decompose into the earth. And they're not your regular Thai fisherman's pants, which I like, especially when I'm in Thailand, but they're a little more uh, stylish, a little more tailored, a little more attention to, to detail from a fashion standpoint. So please check out Seed. You can find them on Instagram at imseed or head over to the theseedstore.ca and get yourself a pair of these pants maybe buy some for somebody for solstice or christmas or kwanzaa or hanukkah or whatever it is that you celebrate um, also mines dye mines dye has been making the stars or turbans for me for quite some time now also custom dyed uh hoodies kimonos bed sheets duvet covers anything that you can dye and you would like dyed she is so talented and they look amazing. So please check out The Minds Die on Instagram or head over to her Etsy store and get yourself uh, whatever it is that you need dyed. We, we spoke this week and she said, people are so proud to say that they came from Tiago Prem uh, to buy or to purchase their order. So it's cool. Thank you everybody out there for supporting Minds Die. We really appreciate that and we really appreciate you sponsoring the show. If sponsoring the show is something that you'd like to do, just get in touch with us, let us know whatever it is that you do, or maybe you wanna you know, help promote or, or contribute to the uh, equipment that we have or whatever it is that you feel called to do. I'm so grateful for all the support uh, so we can continue to share what we're sharing. Uh, here on the podcast and also on the YouTube channels, as well as our digital courses, etc. If you want to learn more about how to practice with us, uh, either TrueSeekersUnion.ca to become a member of the True Seekers Union, or look at theDharmaTemple.com. There's courses, classes, all kinds of things on there that you can check out. Whoo! Lots of <laughs> lots to get out there. So thanks for being on the journey here uh, with me. The focus of the show today is to explore my recovery journey um, i know those of you who are longtime listeners have heard bits and pieces and snippets and i just felt like since we're we're breaking into this youtube uh market and we're breaking into this space and and we're really committed to um, putting out content that's healing that's educational that's motivational um, that's collaborational i don't know if that's a word but it is now um but really inspires people to go out and live their purpose. Uh, I feel like the foundation should be set on who am I and how did I get here and why do I do this? And those of you who are new listeners, well, uh, I hope that me being open and vulnerable um, and having the courage to do that because I resisted that for many, many years, um, I hope that it inspires you in some way to go out into the world and really make a difference in your life, in the lives of your community. Um, Yeah, that's my intention with this. So thank you for being here for this episode of my recovery journey right here on Revealing the Diamond. So I was thinking about I was up at like four o'clock this morning. My mind was just turning, and I get up early for practice, uh, anyways, and to to say my prayers and to wake before the sun. But today I was up a little earlier than normal, and my mind was just playing all of these scenes from my life. And I started asking, you know, how, what do I want to share? Um, how do I want to share it, and where do I want to start? And I think the place to start is to say, um, like, this will one day be a book. How's that? This will one day be a book. And I've already written one book called Merging with the Infinite, exploring one of the great healing tools in my life. And if you'd like to get a hold of that, um, I'm just revising and putting out a second edition. So stay tuned for that. Uh, It should be available in the new year in January. But I was thinking about what would this next book about my life be called? And it would be something to the effect, if you have any good ideas, let me know in, in the chat below or send me an email or a message on instagram uh, i was thinking about sort of calling it a life of forgetting and remembering something like that a life of forgetting and remembering and the reason i I found that to be a pretty accurate way of describing my personal process is that um, in the ayurvedic tradition which is dear to my heart uh, a tradition from india uh, the sister science to yoga they talk about the primordial cause of disease being forgetting who you are and in my experience most of the pain and suffering i've experienced in my life has been a result of that forgetting who i am and most of the healing that i've experienced in this spiritual journey and this healing journey in this time of awakening uh, has been a process of remembering and it's happened over and over and over in cycles and circles and so I thought well what why not start with can you remember the first time you forgot who you are and maybe take a moment if you're listening to this I mean if you're driving your car don't close your eyes but maybe just take a moment and think about like can you remember the first time you forgot who you are Well, I can remember the first time I forgot who I was. And that was, you know, I was a happy child. Uh, I had parents who loved me very much. They didn't have a lot of money. um, But they had their faith. My father was a a pastor in a Christian church. And we lived in a small town. Uh, I was born in a place called Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada, which is pretty fun to tell people who are from other parts of the world that that's actually where I'm from. It's not a joke. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada. I only lived there for one year. I don't know that much about it. I returned there at one point in time, um, but just for a moment. So I don't have a deep connection to it other than it's on my birth certificate. Um, but my, I say all of that to say we, we were in rural, small town, prairie, Canada with not much money um, my parents, you know, when they were 20 years old, they had two little kids. It was a different time. I mean, maybe you're 20 years old and have a couple kids that maybe it's not a different time, but for me, it's quite different. Um, when my dad was my age, he had two almost adult children, and I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Um, I have one child, for those of you who don't know, and I'm so thankful for her. She's been such an incredible teacher, and we'll explore uh when she appeared on the scene uh, in the podcast and I'll just pause for a moment and say if we can't cover all of this in one episode then next week we'll do a part two but let's see how it goes okay I mean I'm almost 40 years old and here we are starting at Moose Jaw Saskatchewan Canada but um anyhow uh I was a happy kid. My mom says that I didn't cry very much. I loved music. She said she would just sit me in front of the speaker for hours as a toddler at the record player and I would hardly move. I, I just had like a love for sound for since day one. I was happy, I was playful, um, I loved to laugh, uh, that, that kind of thing. And I didn't have an experience really of forgetting who I am Uh, until i was uh, i don't know what grade it was second or third grade Uh, and it's interesting because my daughter's around that age now and i can just see how now she's starting to be a little more impressionable like from the externals like before she was more impressionable by what's happening in her home and her parents Um, and now she's more influenced by the externals and so it kind of makes sense that this is the where i had my first forgetting who i was Um, but I was, I could read from the age of four or five, pretty young. And I love to read at an inquisitive mind, continue to have an inquisitive mind, just like you. I mean, that's why you're listening to this or watching this. You have an inquisitive mind. And, um, anyhow, I had a teacher in school who really didn't see me for who I was. And, uh, we had some clashes and (laughs) through therapy and all of you know, deep recovery work. I realized that some of the trauma I experienced in the presence of this person left me feeling like um, I don't deserve to be loved, and uh, sent me on a lifetime of seeking the approval of other people, and it was very damaging. And I realized in hindsight that it was all a part of the plan of the Creator and or the Guru. I call it Guru, uh, the Inner Knower. Uh, it was hookum. but that doesn't mean that you know you just ignore it and let it go it needs to be worked through so that i can uncover my purpose in this life and and so that was the first time that i forgot and that opened up a whole uh, slew of seeking attention in my life and uh, i started like my, my parents didn't smoke or anything like that i started smoking cigarettes when i was right after that you know i just can't imagine my daughter doing something like that um i just i started smoking and get into trouble and i you know the more trouble i got in the more attention i got from my peers and uh my poor parents oh my god i can't even imagine what that would have been like for them um then some time passed and uh i was smart So I I did okay in school, but I was always very easily influenced by whoever was making a scene. And so I participated in that. And uh, yeah, I wasn't probably not the nicest kid uh, in school. I felt like I had to put on a front and be tough, uh, but that sweetness was buried in there. And I want to give a shout out to my mom because she always saw that sweetness no matter how terrible i was so shout out to mom for being conscious and aware of of who i am even when i was acting like an ass (laughs) shout out to all the the parents out there who had the capacity to uh see their child for who they are and she did her best you know nobody's perfect um and we'll get to that uh you know So anyways, um, when I got to junior high school, um, I went to a new school. We had junior high school. Do you have junior high school where you are? Maybe call it middle school or, uh, different in different places. But for me growing up, you went to kindergarten to grade six, then you went seven to nine was junior high school. And then 10 to 12 was high school. So that's kind of how we rolled there. And when I got to, uh, When I got to junior high school, I had developed a love for basketball and basketball was kind of keeping me like, it was sort of my practice, I guess. It was like a part that was teaching me about discipline and structure because I loved it. um, And I was thankful for that. But when I switched schools in junior high school, then there was like a whole new um, crew of young criminals. (laughs) And I got into a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble and I started skipping school, I started drinking a lot, I started getting into fights, Um, and in the eighth grade, I got jumped by a whole bunch of people, and it's kind of like in the movies, I had a friend who was like a martial artist, young uh, Asian fellow, who stepped in uh, when I was in some pretty serious danger, and uh, we, we got away, and I, you know, one thing led to another and I had to leave and change schools. And so I did. And at this point, you know, I'm I'm a mess, you know, young, eighth grade. I'm a mess. I'm stealing from my family. I'm getting high. I'm just, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And the purpose of this podcast is not, you know, to swap war stories. I just want to give some background. And I want you to know that we're going to move from the dance and the ick and the hard to manage into uh, how I got to be who I am here in front of you today, who's really committed to serving and uh, helping others in their journey to recovery. So don't worry if you're thinking, oh God, this is, I don't know where this is going. It's going to a sweet place, but let's take the journey together. So I switched schools. I went to a school that was, where they really paid close attention to whether or not you went to class it had more of like a super structure uh, which was beneficial for me It had a sports program so i was able to play basketball which was important to me and when i started out there uh, things were going pretty well I, w- I was playing ball i was playing well and i was the mv i played on the senior varsity team when i was in ninth grade i played on the grade 12 team I was the MVP the opening year uh, at our opening tournament, scored 27 points. (laughs) I know, like Glory Days, the Bruce Springsteen song. But just to put it in perspective, I was was doing well. And it was a big shift from uh, where I'd been. And then I blew out my knee. And when I blew out my knee, it was like my love, my devotion, my discipline was ripped away from me and I couldn't play anymore um, for quite some time. And I went into a state of depression and it was not uh, diagnosed as that. I recognize it now looking back Um, and my parents, they had to work hard to make enough money to pay for the school and to take care of our family. And so, you know, they weren't around and didn't really have the tools to support me in the ways that I probably needed at the time financially. Hundred percent. Did they do their best? Hundred percent. But I'd some. I'd developed some pretty deep wounding, and in the process of forgetting who I am, and and so I started going down the same path again, getting super drunk, getting, taking drugs, stealing, um, fighting. Getting into trouble, being a womanizer, and just a general all-around wounded young person. And um, I remember that one day I went to. It was when I was injured. I ha- so I couldn't play, and that year our team, when I was injured, we went to uh, we went to cities. And we lost. Oh, no, that's not what happened. We went to cities and I couldn't play. Um, what's up? Yeah, thanks for thanks for commenting. Uh, nice to have you on here. So we went to the city finals and I couldn't play. And another friend of mine couldn't play. And so what did we do? Uh, we got drunk at the basketball game. And you're not allowed to do that, obviously. And I got in big trouble from... Uh, my coach, and my coach t- drove me home after, and he was so angry with me, and I remember sitting in the living room with my mother, and my coach, and uh, the, the assistant coach, and this is another time that I forgot who I was, because my, the coach said to me, looked me straight in the face, and said, you know, you're a really f- effed up person, and I can still see his face, and I can still hear those words, and I allowed that to define me. And that was a turning point when really what I needed at that time was somebody to say, I see you, I know must be hard for you not to be able to play and let's find a way to to bring you back. But instead I got pushed away and it was well-intentioned, you know, it's from conditioning, especially male conditioning. And, uh, so after that I was, it was a a disaster. Uh, my parents put me on, uh, amphetamines basically <laughs> to help with what they would call an attention issue and that turned into a side hustle so I could sell them and then take a bunch of them got really good at drawing high on these uh, uh, pills that were for kids who were hyperactive and then I started getting into a lot more trouble and uh, one interesting thing happened and here's the here's where things start to take the turn is while I'm just making a mess of my life Uh, a teacher in the school somehow very tuned in noticed that i had um, a love for spiritual teachings or writings mostly because i think i would have been reading like jack kerouac or something at the time and so this teacher asked if i would be interested in practicing meditation and i was like yeah i would and this is the part where, while I'm going through this depression, this is the the grace of the guru. I call it that now. I wouldn't have called it then. Uh, called it that then. But what was happening was I started to get interested in uh, Eastern philosophy and spirituality, but secretly, like I would never let any of my uh, fellow criminally minded um, associates. Let I would never let them know that I was interested in that. But behind the scenes, I was reading Kerouac, I was reading Siddhartha by by Hermann Hesse about the life of the Buddha. Uh, I was exploring, listening to The Grateful Dead. I was exploring these uh, very conscious realms, and uh, but secretly, not for anybody uh, else to know. And this teacher saw that in me, and we began to practice a bit of meditation, and that was a game changer. I can see looking back that some part of me was like, You're going to do this for the rest of your life. And, but that's not that my life changed or anything like that. What actually happened is is that uh, my mother, who had not had a, her spiritual awakening yet, she saw me struggling and she saw me reading these books on Buddhism and Eastern thought and all of those things, listening to the Grateful Dead, who, if you hadn't heard the Grateful Dead and you just looked at their album covers, maybe as a parent who had children young and was raised in the Christian church, you might be like, oh, that must be the cause of his problems. And so she took a lot of those things away at the time from me. And that was probably one of the worst things that you could do to somebody who's broken and lost and forgetting who they are. And, and that one little morsel of remembering who I am had just been taken from me by someone who could still see who I was. And we've gotten past that and we worked through it and, and all has been uh, forgiven, but, uh, that forced me out of the home. I was like, I can't live here. I don't want to be, uh, A part of this family see you later and I was gone and I lived on the streets I hung out with uh, graffiti friends uh, punk rock kids train hopper kids um, drinking all the time doing drugs stealing getting into trouble didn't see my uh, parents for quite some time no basketball no school no nothing just the Saturn finger to the world and um, those were hard times and that brings me to another uh, moment of forgetting who you are. And that moment is I've been gone for a long time. I know I probably looked in rough shape. I was sleeping where I could. I saw some unbelievable violence while I was out on the street as a young kid. And, um, Anyhow, I ran into my dad one day who he had gone back to school to become a lawyer when I was young, when we didn't have a lot of money. He felt called to to do that as a child. That was his dream. He went back to school. My mom worked. That's why they weren't around. My mom worked nights. She worked all the time. My dad studied and my sister and I just kind of did whatever. Um, And and it was from a well-intentioned place, you know, but there was a lack of presence because of all of this. Uh, work to to get ahead financially in this world that we live in and so I ran into my dad and I just imagine if I saw my daughter on the street like what would I do how would I respond to that and you know what my dad said to me was a big moment of forgetting who I am which is the cause of sickness as we said and he said you know you should really give your mom a call she misses you and that was it and then off we went no i miss you no let's work through this no nothing and and by the way i was at the time open to hearing what he had to say and that was an, another moment so i was like i'm not you don't want me there i'm not going there see you later and a little while later i got arrested uh, for shoplifting, it came up that I was a missing person, and the police took me in their uh, car, gave me some fines um, for multiple things, we don't have to get into that, I crumpled up the ticket, threw it at the cop, said, don't tell me what to do, whatever, and got another fine for that, and they uh, were going to take me downtown, and book them, book em, Ted, you know, and then they saw that I was a missing person and there was a moment of uh, grace uh, from the Guru and they brought they took me home. And I told the police, I'm going to walk in that door and walk straight out the back door. And they said, that's up to you, but we need to take you back to your parents. So I went back to my folks and um, I stuck around for a while. And I I started to... I made some arrangements. I need to be able to study Buddhist thought. I need to be able to meditate. Don't tell me to not smoke cigarettes, You know, like (laughs) whatever was a priority sounds silly now, but at the time, uh, and we made some agreements. Um, And so I was able to finish school and I was able to explore some areas of study that were important to me. And I was able to just squeak by, keep my nose out of trouble just enough that uh, I could get through school. So i got through school and um, i felt pretty good about that i'm really grateful that i did have a a few teachers who really believed in me and uh played ball played ball again and uh, that was great good to be home to that and uh, then i got out of school and uh, when i got out of school it was time for a new wave of forgetting uh that was a around the end of school's where i really got into psychedelics and i really got into through spirituality ram das and that, and that all of that um, my first yoga teacher bhagavan das i read his book i started to really expand my mind so that was positive but also like got into um, i was playing in a band i was djing a lot i was you know I had a home so i could start being creative and making music but that also brought like big time party scene. You know, I didn't, I never really had a job. I just sold, sold drugs, found that I could sell drugs and play music. And, uh, that attracted all sorts of interesting characters into my life when I was a young man and, uh, just kept getting into trouble and not, not meditating. Um, Rob robbed some people (laughs) for a lot of money, uh, in those days in the drug realm. And, uh, out of concern for my own safety and life i realized that man i'm fucking up big time and if i don't turn this thing around i'm gonna be dead or in jail and i didn't want that underneath you know on the surface i said i didn't care that's how i did things like that um, but underneath i did care and so uh, i called up my mom's after couple of years of insanity and pain and suffering I called up my mom and I said you know I don't want to do this anymore I want to get clean can you help me Whew. probably take a breather there right take a take a sip of water and just take a breath this is a lot to process so thanks everybody for listening and I, I hope that this somehow will inspire you on your path So, anyhow, so I went to a a treatment center and it was on a farm. It was a year-long treatment center uh, program. And when I got there, I met a guy. He had been in jail for manslaughter back in the day. Uh, He was a really tough biker type dude. Um, And he he told me straight up when I walked in that place, I was light, really light, man. I've been taking hard drugs and thin and sick. And uh, I walked in there and he told me straight up, he said, this is harder than jail because you can walk out anytime. And there's people who get sentenced there. So there's a lot of interesting characters. But he said, it's like prison, but the door is open. You can leave when you want. And if you leave, then you start again. You can always come back, but you start again. And so I was like, okay, I'll do anything. And I went for three months, and it was really hard. I was sick. Uh, I was accustomed to, you know, just being really harsh to people, and uh, and the people who were coming through there were sick and accustomed to criminal behavior, and it, it was intense. There were animals on the farm. There was waking up early. There was structure which i needed i didn't know at the time um but i couldn't hack it and after 3 months i left and i was like forget this and i left and i was like i can do this on my own and it only took about 3 days or something i didn't tell my parents or in that, or anything i just left and then i was back to the same old and i was sleeping on my friend's uh couch and and like you know it was pretty punk rock (laughs) place to live I don't know if y'all have been in a punk house before but it was intense and uh, I was laying there one day and I was like I was really itchy actually and I ended up having scabies like pretty nasty and uh, I didn't find that out till later but um, anyways I was like I gotta go back so I called my mom I told her what happened and I went back and I did the program I got i thought i was dying man when i had the scabies had legions and stuff it was pretty nasty so found out that i wasn't dying but that i was sick and uh, got treatment for that and i did it i stayed for a year and i watched so many people come into that place uh, with deep deep rooted pain and and trauma And of, you know, maybe 40 people that came through there in the year that I was there, I watched five people finish. This is, and so if you're struggling in your recovery journey right now, I want you to know like, it is hard, but there's always hope. I've experienced that in my life. Like, if you ask my mom who I was when I was young or anyone who knew me back then, if they thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. Every single person would have said, no way, except for maybe the teacher who uh, taught me about uh, meditation. And I also had um, a young mentor when I was a a kid, young, who noticed that there was something about my spirituality, and he would take me to a museum to read all about like the different Buddhist statues and that kind of thing, he saw it in me. Those two probably would have said, yeah. But everybody else, I'm not sure that they would have said. They probably would have said I'd be dead or in jail. So there's hope, but it's a it's the long game. So I just want to remind you about that if you're listening to this or if you know somebody who's really struggling. So anyhow, um, I did it. It took a year. It was really hard. I cried a lot. I had, I don't know that I had cried like since my grandfather died when I was around the same time that I this forgetting with this teacher but this is where I first started remembering who I was. I loved to get up early, go out, feed the animals. Uh, they had a basketball court, so I was all over that. Um, and they, they, they had a library full of these Christian books and uh, you know I read what I could find in there that resonated. They had like Johnny Cash's uh, um, biography. And they had uh, Soul on Ice by Eldridge Cleaver from the Black Panther Party. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, And I liked reading about the mystics. I found out about Thomas Merton. They didn't have any Thomas Merton, but I was able to get that. You have to have anything that came in had to be approved by the director. So Thomas Merton. Uh, Those of you who haven't checked with Thomas Merton, wow, he's a game changer. And then after I'd been there for a while, my mom had started to have a spiritual awakening. She started to broaden her horizons and practice meditation and learn different things. And I would say to her, it's so hard in here. You know, I want to learn other aspects. I love Jesus and Christianity and all that, but I just feel this call to like non-dualist thought and Buddhist philosophy and Taoism. and, And I'm not allowed to look at that. And so we devised a plan that my mom would smuggle in some books and my, and my sister as well would smuggle in some books that I could read uh, and just don't let anybody know. And so we did that we smuggled in some uh, books by Thich on An and Bhagavan Das and Ram Das and all of that. And uh, yeah, you know. I'm really grateful for that because that helped me get through. I'd be hiding, you you know, you see like the prison, prison shows or whatever. And people are like hiding the stash or their shiv or something. I was hiding spiritual books and I, I made it through. And when I came out, I never felt more like myself since before that first time I forgot. And what did I do when I got out? I went to university. And I studied religion because I was the son of an intellectual person. My dad went back to school. He read a lot, he he always inspired me to read and I wanted to learn more about this inner calling. And so I learned from an intellectual place. I studied religion. I went back to DJing because I didn't really wanna work a job. And when I went back to DJing, I went back to drinking but I was like, I won't do any drugs. I'll just do the drinking. And as long as I'm just doing the drinking, uh, it'll be all good. And um, yeah, (laughs) that sounds like an addict, doesn't it? Like justifying your uh, behavior. But anyways, I did keep it together and and I lived with my dad. And by the way, I had not really been close to my dad after that meeting when I had left home. And that little short time when i was in college uh, and living with my dad and um, that was the closest we have ever been and even to this date and i'm so grateful that i had that opportunity to be with him he was single my parents had split up he had not remarried it was just the two of us and it was a real healing time i didn't realize then that it was a healing time but i realize that now and so i'm really thankful for that time Um, I went to school, I DJed, I partied, I got back in there, I started making money and uh, I fell in love and I met an incredibly talented, beautiful uh, young woman and we fell madly in love. I was young still, you got to remember that, you know, I was in my very early 20s and we decided that after some time together uh, that we would get married and so we got married and uh, we were really happy until the old pattern started to resurface i started getting in trouble again and messing around getting in trouble losing my structure still showing up for class but deep wounds forgetting who i am you know And uh, so we decided that we would go after a couple of years in in Calgary, we decided that we would move to Saskatoon, where she was from, Saskatchewan. Those of you who are in the United States or other places listening, it's like moving from um, a a city of about a million people to a city of 250,000 people, pretty small. And uh, in the prairies, good university there. So I went uh, to university there and got back into playing Hoops and... um, A fresh start. The idea was that I would quit drinking, I would step away from the party scene. And I I also wanted to note that during the party scene there, I was starting to become quite successful. Traveling around, DJing, making lots of money and just being the life of the party, which came with, oh, you give an addict keys to the kingdom, like drink what you want, take what you want and you'll wake up with money in your pocket at the end of it, dangerous, you know? I was well enough that I wasn't thieving from people, but I was just trashing my life and and hurting people, especially uh, my partner at the time. And so we moved away so that I could go to U of S. I found out that the Dean of the religious studies program there, um, was a, uh, Yogi. He was married to a Tibetan woman. He could speak seven languages. He was really inspiring. And so I was stoked to go there and we made friends instantly right away. And, uh, and I continued to, what I would do is I would live in Saskatoon. I would go to school. I would, and then I would fly back to Calgary like once a month and, rock the party or go on tour and then come back to to my life as a student. And that's why I always say I've always, I've always had one foot in the ashram and one foot in the nightclub and that's how, how I was living these two very different lives and I was learning to meditate. My friend Kirby Criddle, st- shout out to Kirby Criddle and to Mike Gaff, great DJ, the Gaff. If y'all love uh, good soulful music, please check out the Gaff. He's a, an incredible friend. Um, but anyhow, he, he had, uh, his partner at the time, Kirby Crittle, took me to a Jiva Mukti yoga class, and while I was living these two lives, and I was in really poor poor health, but my mind was pretty sharp, and uh, man. I still remember the feeling at the end of the class, the teacher played all this beautiful music, talked about some of the things I was learning in school about meditation and yoga philosophy with this dope music. And at the end, I would just laid down and I just felt the tears streaming down my face. And I remember thinking this is better than any drug I've ever done. That's how I felt. So I thought, okay, I'm going to find out how I can learn more about this, how I can practice some more. And so I signed up for a yoga teacher training while I was in school, doing my school thing and still doing the party thing. So two feet in different worlds. And uh, it went pretty well. It went pretty well, but I was getting more successful as a DJ and more uh, accolades and acclaim which meant more partying and I was finding it hard to balance both worlds and my partner at the time she was working in in a bakery and we just grew apart you know and I a big regret of mine is that caused her a lot of pain in my life and I hope someday uh, to ask for her forgiveness we since been in communication uh, years ago But uh, she was always very kind to me and believed in me. And so I'm really thankful for her. So if she ever hears this, I wanna just say shout out to her. I'm thankful. And we also got a dog named Trudy and she was an angel in my life. And I didn't deserve at the time to have such a caring uh, being in my life. I'm so blessed. So thank you, Trudy, a call. We say a call in the Sikh tradition. You you are immortal beyond death. Anyways, we grew apart and we separated. And I went and lived with my homie Gaff. We lived in a house with like 10,000 records. We would have coffee Fridays. We would drink coffee only on Fridays and just burning some spliffs. I wasn't drinking as much and practice scratching and working on different things. Stepping back from my party life just a bit. You know and he was always like just be in balance you don't have to get rip roaring trashed every time you go out and so i did pretty well for a little bit there i started seeing another person and but with seeing that person with the success of djing i started to abandon the practice of remembering who i was and i had been teaching teenagers yoga and i didn't go to a couple of classes and i just started you know, making things hard on myself and not not showing up to serve again. So I, th- I thought to myself and I had talked to my mom at the time and said, what are we going to do about this? And I said, I got to get out of here. You know, I've got the pain of this failed marriage. Um, I keep falling apart. I'm going to come back to Calgary and I'm going to teach yoga yeah, right. Go back to the place where you're getting into all kinds of trouble and uh, do what you could be doing now, but you're not, but it's all, it's all grace. So I headed back to Calgary and I worked in a record store of my friends. I DJed, I partied and I just went wild instead of realizing that i was uh, traumatized from the end of my marriage and taking some time to process it i completely ignored it and went harder than i'd ever have before and then i needed to get out again and i had met another girl there's you see the codependent pattern happening and uh, my mom never really liked her that much there's like a justin bieber song like that my mom doesn't like you but she likes everyone (laughs) my mom didn't really like this person that much and uh, but she said i think you should go with her to vancouver she was moving to vancouver you got to get out of calgary she said i just saw a psychic this is the same mom who said don't read books on buddhism is now talking about her meditation and the psychic that she just saw she said in her meditation and the psychic she said I see that you're going to be a great healer for people and you're going to teach yoga and meditation. You're going to help people. So, and you need to go to Vancouver. And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm not doing that right now. Like, but again, something inside of me knew the inner knower and that inner knower said, you got to go. And so I came out here to Vancouver and it was a big change. And I knew that I had to, change my life and I wasn't really willing to change some of the habits like drinking and recreationally taking drugs and that kind of thing. Um, But I I put myself out there and I applied for some yoga teaching jobs and uh, maybe we'll leave it there. I've arrived in Vancouver and we'll do the part two next week. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. I said this would take about an hour. So, whew, that was a lot to process. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I know that I'm I'm being called uh, to openly share my experience because it will help others. So, thanks for watching uh, and thank you for listening. We're gonna uh, go into the rest of the story next week. Um, so I've arrived in Vancouver. That's where we'll we'll go from there. Um, lots of healing in the next episode. So we kind of laid the foundation for the pain and the struggles in this first episode. And then in next week's episode, which will be recorded live on the YouTube on Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, we'll explore um, what happened when I got to Vancouver and how did I get to where I am now. Um, so thanks for listening Uh, we'll also be putting the audio for this up on fridays it comes out on fridays Uh, if you're listening to the audio and you haven't checked out the youtube yet go to youtube.com backslash Sing. Uh, And that's where we'll go from here. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Seed Apparel and Minds Die. And thank you everybody out there who supports the show. If you love the show, please subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, Share this work that we're doing with anybody you know who could benefit from it. Um, And I'll just take a moment to look at the uh, comments here for the live portion. Uh, But let's sign off here for the audio. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bless you. And then everybody on YouTube, thank you so much for being here. Um, NTWA Dumela, what's up? Just sharing. Do my best to uh, share my journey, uh, and hope that it's medicine for anybody who's who's out there struggling and looking for some guidance and support. Uh, Andrew Measley, a dear friend and brother. He's part of the story. Thanks, brother. Thanks for tuning in and for watching. Um, And Snow Rain, thanks again for being there and for being my sound person. I really appreciate that. Uh, It means a lot when people can help me out with learning all these new uh, tools and tricks. I want to also remind everybody that uh, we've got Truth Seekers Union. If you feel like uh, you could use support. I had, I've had great support in my recovery journey. Um, and whether that support is like, you just wanna learn more about meditation or you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with codependency, uh, whatever uh, whatever is happening um, with you and your life, uh, True Seekers Union is a great way to get that support. Also keep tuning in here and I'm more than happy to communicate with y'all uh, on the YouTube um yeah looking forward to next week i'm also looking forward to next week um i think this is a brilliant way uh, to connect and to share if you have ideas about videos that you'd like to see let me know um i'm i'm here to serve that's really what this is all about i was talking to my partner earlier and I, i was saying to her that i know I know that I've been called in this life to to be a teacher. I know. I just know. And no matter what happens pandemic, vaccines, can't travel, have to close your business, whatever it is that happens I'm going to keep showing up. I have to. And I choose to. Um, By the grace of the guru, I'm here. I'm alive. And uh, I've got medicine to share. And it's not unique to me it's something that i received by grace and i'm thankful that i uh, have the tools like these in front of uh, me to share so it's been a journey and i want to thank all all of you for being here and for being a part of um, this journey so thank you everybody all right i think that's it for now i'll just leave a little note here in the comments Yeah, hopefully it sounded good out there and it looked good out there. Um, this is my first YouTube live, so this is a monumental experience. And what a way to what a way to show up on the scene, just heart wide open, <laughs> airing out all your challenges. But hey, there's great healing in that, you know. And I know I laugh it off, and and that's some part of my programming. But um, it's, it's not. It, I can laugh now, but I didn't laugh then. And so if you're really struggling right now. Um I just want you to know that there's hope. You know, there's hope and there are people just like you who are working through it and there are different stages of the journey and we can do this together. Uh the support group, yeah, True Seekers. Trueseekersunion.ca I'll just put it in the comments here. That's where you can uh, become a member of the Wednesday night sessions. Okay? Well, i think that's it for today um i'm gonna pop on instagram so if y'all uh, are part of the whole tiaga prem singh instagram i'm gonna go on there and just see if anybody's out there and wants to uh to chat uh, i'll be on there for you know a few minutes uh, so see you over there thanks for watching love you bless <laughs>